You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. As per usual, we kick off our show with how this, a sense of how the markets have been performing throughout the day. And joining me for that conversation is the Chief Investment Officer at Makwe Fund Managers, Makwe Masilela. Good evening, Ndata Masilela. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, markets having a red day on the equities front, but we can't complain about the positive movements on the RAND. No, definitely we can't, you know. And I think the thing, Tim, that you are dealing with, it's a very hectic week, you know. I mean, the interest rate decisions from the U.S. on Wednesday, then Bank of England on Thursday, and then we've got the PMI numbers as well coming out of China on Wednesday, the job numbers as well from the U.S. on Friday, and all these are market moving, you know. This can be potential catalyst when it comes to market. And then also for not forgetting that you've got almost 25% of the companies that make up the S&P. I mean, that is those five companies which are part of the Magnificent Seven. So, yes, it's a very hectic week. And we've seen that even the data that we received on Friday came out with the U.S. indicated that inflation is moderating, but consumer spending remains on us. And that itself is leading to concerns that the price pressures could begin to mount again. So, yeah, we just have a lot to deal with. And sometimes other guys are trying to play, wait and see kind of a thing. But it's not that easy. But yeah, as you're talking the JSE, you know, after going up almost 3.7% last week, today we've seen it just for just under a percent. And the rent we've seen it did well. Last week it fell almost 2%. Marco, I like that you bring in a lot of the global elements uh, that are coming into uh, play this week, uh, things around those earnings numbers from uh, those big uh, five stocks on the Magnificent Seven. That's obviously going to have a lot of impact on uh, sentiment going forward. But uh, with the rates decision that you alluded to from the US, it's not so much that the rates uh, are going to be adjusted. We've all but priced in that rates will be left unchanged. It's more around the rhetoric that uh, Fed Chair Powell and his uh, FOMC meeting are, are going to deliver around how they're viewing uh, 2024. And what do you think they're going to be looking at as areas of concern? I mean, just today we got confirmation that Evergrande in China is being liquidated, um, and that's a significant uh, impact on the Chinese space and how potential global creditors are going to be impacted there. But what do you think the U.S. is going to have in focus from their perspective to say, we want to look at one, two, three points, um, and that'll give us guidance on rates for the future? You know, number one, the job numbers which are coming on Friday, people expect that to at least show a decrease. We know that other than inflation, the guys are also looking into the job numbers. And now what's critical for them as well is the balance sheet. We know that they have to be continuing this week to auction more. But now we need to understand that what is it that will be doing to trim that huge balance sheet that is the balance sheet of the Fed. And yes, you are right. It's no longer a question of whether they're going to increase or decrease or whatever. The question here is going forward. What is their understanding? Uh, the guys, whether today believe that they've progressed enough in their battle against inflation to begin to cut the rates sooner rather than later. So cutting is no longer a question. The question here is the timing. And ever ever grand yes we've seen remember 
before in the past two years. We had two or so developers who also got into the very same problem, but with them were not that big. They didn't have big assets like Evergrande. And yes, we know that the property sector makes almost 80% of the Chinese economy. So if that sector doesn't get to do well, then definitely it's going to have some implications when it comes to the global economy. And the biggest thing I think with Evergrande is the question of they've got that uh, U.S. dollar bond, you know, uh, the, the dollar bond. I think it's plus minus really 17 billion, so it's very critical to see what is it that the guys will have to do with that. Remember, this thing is paper, so you might have sold that paper initially to Jimmy, but as we're talking today, it might be sitting with market. So there's a potential, you know, of multiplier effect. That's going to be an interesting story to keep an eye on, and we might dig into that as we go in through the rest of the week. Marco, you mentioned something about um, the local equity markets not doing so well, and I just had a quick squiz at some of the movements throughout the day. I mean, MTN and Kumba were both down by 4%. Um, let's start with Kumba, because while Kumba was down 4%, their uh, coal counterpart, Tungela, was up 5%. Is there something happening there? Is there something we need to be keeping an eye on in uh, the coal uh, space? You know, remember, Kumba itself, they supply more, you know, of your iron ore to the steel-making industry globally. If you are concerned about the global economic growth, then it means there won't be any demand coming out of that. And we've even seen this, the iron ore prices today were flat. If you compare that with the coal price, the last time we checked, the coal price was up almost 1.4%. And we know that the likes of Tungela, they had a, a serious beating out the end. Back home here, we also know that we're also going back to coal indirectly. So we know how the demand is still out there when it comes to the likes of China and India. And remember the stimulus that has been expected from China sometime last week or so. Probably if we get that and India continue to grow better than India, I mean, India continue to grow better than China, then most probably there will still be some decent demand when it comes to coal. So I think it's a question of between the two commodities, which one is doing better going forward. And so far, excessive coal will do a little bit better than iron ore. Do do you think uh, platinum will fare uh, any better than it has been recently? I know it's come under a lot of pressure with everybody wanting to switch to EVs and then not wanting to switch to EVs, and the platinum price has been adversely affecting our platinum miners. Um, We we sort of know where we're headed on gold. Uh, We we know where we're headed on iron ore and, and, and coal. What do we think about platinum at the moment? You know, the biggest challenge for platinum is that it can easily be used as a substitute, meaning the pricing thereof is very critical, especially when you compare it to the likes of palladium, you know. I mean, palladium, I think, now is 977, and platinum are now 933, and not forgetting, my point here is, the minute platinum gets to be more expensive, it's easy for people to switch to palladium, mm-hmm. regardless of whether there's a demand for vehicles or not. So, yet, platinum unfortunately other than the electric vehicle stories it has to compete with its sister metal which is palladium that's quite an interesting observation not many people would have um, that view as well to say that it's easily substitutable but i suppose you do make a fair point in that um, especially in the input costs whatever makes the most sense and is the most affordable uh, makes the most profit for the businesses mark where uh MTN was another one we looked at, down 4% for today, sitting at 100 Rand. And I bring it up because 100 Rand has always been uh, quite a a debatable level. We've bounced recently, I think, off of around 90 Rand or so. Do you think uh, 100 Rand is an attractive level for you? Are you liking MTN at 100 Rand? 
even I mean just above hundred. If you look into the fundamentals of MTA, number one, now recently we know they've extended their partnership when it comes to the likes of Showmax or MultiChoice. We know that the guys, when it comes to mobile money, they're making serious penetration, especially in Africa. Yes, they're no longer making put money coming out of that itself because there's the whole issue about data prices going down. But generally, the fundamentals of, of MTN, I think, is still justifiable to get involved around the levels of 100 or so. And I think in the next five years, we won't be seeing this more as a mobile company. This is gradually turning itself into a fintech more than anything. And yeah, you can still debate that yeah, their PE is much better than their competitor, but their dividend yield is not that attractive if you compare it to the competitor. Almost the competitors got the double dividend yield percentage, 6.6 versus 3.3%. That's that's fair on, on the dividend yield side, but I do wonder, I mean, from the African expansionary point of view, it's been very clear that uh, a competitor like Vodacom has lagged behind uh, as compared to MTN, with MTN having gained much greater footprint uh, a lot quicker than uh, the likes of Vodacom. And if I look at a Vodacom share price just while we're looking at this as well, it is down for the day as well, uh, almost 3%. Um, and for the month, it is having quite a bearish month, not being able to go above 110 Rand and back at 96 Rand, which is interesting because the last two months for MTN were positive from that 87 Rand uh, sort of bounce. Um, do you think that the telecoms guys are going to be sitting in this uh, sort of range space for uh, a bit of time depending on or, or awaiting maybe earnings results or news from their perspective? I don't think so. I think MTN, they still have legs, you know, to, 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 to run on. Remember what impacted the share price of MTN? It was those issues about all these governments in Africa, you know, trying to put those fines and at some point succeeding, but at a reduced level. So that had a very negative impact on them and also when it comes to the sentiments thereof. But the many that they clean themselves out of that, as you said, you know, that they've been making some good penetration expansions compared to Vodacom in Africa, then that tells you that they should be better than Vodacom going forward. Mm, that tax bill that's coming up in Nigeria that just won't go away. I remember that. That came up towards the end of last year as well. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on that and see how that's going to affect the business. Uh, but hopefully we can see some positive movements in the share price, uh, either of MTN or Vodacom. For those that are watching telecom stocks, we'll leave it at that, Makwe. Thanks as always for your insights. That's Makwe Masilela, who is Chief Investment Officer at Makwe Fund Managers, sharing his thoughts on some of the market movements throughout today, as well as his thoughts on some of the global developments we've been hearing. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.